Hey guys, welcome back to the Authentically Me podcast. I am super excited about our conversation today. Um, today I'm going to be looking back at my time at Passion 2022 at the beginning of this month and sharing with you guys some takeaways. So let's just dive straight into it. As some of you may know, I had the privilege of being able to go to Passion 2022 at the beginning of this month. Crazy experience, like so wild. If you were there, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you weren't, that's okay. You can go back and watch it. And if you haven't watched it already, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to all of the sessions because they were remarkable. But if you weren't there, let me give you just like a taste of what it was. It was 55 to 60,000 other believers like all around the college age in one stadium worshiping God for 36-ish hours. It was so amazing. Like I can't even describe to you how beautiful it was. Like every single time any band would get up to lead us in like music worship, I would just get chills because you hear like the music is so loud, but on top of the loud music, you hear the voices of 60,000 people singing to God. And to me, it was like, wow, like this is a teeny tiny glimpse of what heaven is going to be like for eternity. We get to be with thousands and thousands and thousands of believers worshiping God forever and ever and ever. Like how crazy it is and how amazing It is that we have the freedom to get a little tiny taste of that here on earth. That we have the freedom to meet together as 60,000 believers to worship God in one building. Like that we have the space for that, the freedom for that, the, the willingness of the people who put passion on. Like it's just, it's crazy and it's only possible because of God. And it was so evident that the Holy Spirit was moving in that stadium. I I had the honor. I had the honor. That sounds like really like sophisticated. (laughs) Oh, dear. But I did. I had the honor and privilege of going with some people from my school, some very dear friends of mine. And to be able to experience that with them was such a blessing. Like there were so many times that we'd all be worshiping and I would open my eyes and I would look over to my friends around me and just seeing them worship God was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Like that we could just be together as, as the body of Christ like that and worship him together. Like, ah, it was so cool. And I just, I love thinking about it. If you haven't seen any videos of it, you probably will at some point. Um, but again, I just encourage you to go back and listen to all the sessions, even if you already, even if you were there, go listen to them again, because I'm finding them so encouraging and to listen to them with fresh ears when I'm not so exhausted from the weekend, um, just getting new things out of it. And it's, it's been amazing. So today I'm going to be just kind of reflecting back at some of my notes and sharing them with you guys. Um, I hope that this encourages you in some sort of way as you move into this next semester. So Tim Tebow spoke and his, um, his, 
title of his sermon, sorry, I could not think of the word. The title of his sermon was Mission Possible. And he talked about how everybody has a macro mission and a micro mission. So as believers, we all have the same mission, like a big overall mission, and that is to love God, love people to serve God, to walk in obedience, to live your life as a servant, to serve him and to serve other people. And then we all have micro missions that are uniquely designed for us as individuals based on the gifts and talents that God has given us. You see, my mission isn't going to look like your mission because we have different talents and gifts that God has given us. My mission isn't going to look like my mom's. It's not going to look like my dad's. It's not going to look like my friends or my cousins. Our missions are very unique as us, to us as individuals. And how like, I just feel like that shows, that shows God's love in such an amazing way that he took the time to give us each to design us each so uniquely and to give us a specific plan and purpose for each and every single one of our lives. How beautiful is that? That just go, that just shows you how much he loves us, that he didn't make us all the same. He made us all different. And that goes into how the body of Christ works. You know, if we were all arms, we wouldn't have a body. We would just have an arm. That's why we need arms and legs and eyes and ears, a head, a spine, a neck. Like we need all the parts to make the body of Christ work and so if we all try to be the same and we all spend so much time comparing ourselves to each other and morphing ourselves to how we want to be or how other people are it would defeat the purpose on how God has created us he has created us so uniquely and I've said that so many times I'll continue to say it because I don't think that we believe it as much as we should You are right on schedule to the path that God has you on. It is time that we stop comparing our lives to other people and we recognize the mission that God has called us. Our missions aren't going to look the same and that's okay. It's actually quite amazing. Because ultimately, even though they don't look the same, they're doing the same thing and that's honoring God. Oh, so good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um... I'm looking back at just like different takeaways, like different things that I wrote down. And I'm learning that like I am not an organized note taker. I just like jot things that down. And then I, when I like look back at them, I'm like, oh my gosh, I I can't uh, read this. Uh, we kind of touched on this, but I wrote down God's plan is better. And our response should be, I want to be with you, Jesus. I want to be as close to Jesus as humanly possible. And if that means more of him and less of me, then so be it. If that means that I lay down the dreams and desires and hopes that I have for my life, then so be it. Let me surrender my life to him so I can be as close to him as possible because God's plan is better. We waste so much time because we try to control things. We try to write our own story. Well, guess what? Your story has already been written. It's been written by God. So let go of the pen and let God do his thing. Oh, it was so good. I was so convicted because I do that so much. I try to control things. And God's like, Erica, I got you. Would you let it go? Focus on your mission and not other people's mission. Focus on where I have you right now. Um, Something else that was said, it says, not everyone will be amazed when you tell them about Jesus. And that's kind of like a side note. But like, I love that because... Um, I just want to touch on that for a second. 
Because whenever we go and we share the gospel to people, not everyone's going to be impressed. Not everyone is going to be like, whoa, I want to know Jesus. Some people are going to spit in our faces. Some people are going to look at us like we're super crazy and they won't even say a word and they'll just walk away. Some people are going to say no, but we're not supposed to listen to man's no. We're supposed to listen to God's yes. Whenever we walk in obedience to him and whenever we, we share the gospel, yeah, we're, we're not always going to be praised for it. But y- you know what you do? You don't just stand there in defeat. You keep walking towards Jesus. You keep walking in obedience. You don't listen to man's no. You listen to God's yes. When God calls us to do things, when he calls us to speak to people, when he calls us to go places, it's going to seem crazy to some people. I know people in my life, the decisions I've made that haven't made sense, but I know God's called me to them. People have looked at me and been like, yeah, that's stupid, Erica. And I'm like, yeah, I know it sounds stupid and it doesn't make logical sense. All I know is God called me to it. God is going to call us to crazy things. Our His plan for our life isn't going to be super comfy and cozy and, and beautiful all the time to the world's eyes. It's going to be uncomfortable. But I've learned that the best things in life don't come easy. God is going to call us to uncomfortable places. And people are going to tell us that we're dumb and we're stupid and we shouldn't do that. But we can't listen to them. We have to listen to God. We have to put God's opinion above anybody else's. We have to put God's word above anybody else's opinion. Nobody's opinion should be above God's. That's all I have to say about that. Um, I, Sadie Robertson, I like blew the roof off the house. Like I, I love her. Um, she talked about identity But she didn't just talk about, like, who we are and who God has made us to be. But she talked about the identity of God. Because one of the things she said was, Nothing can tell you more of who you are than the one who knit you together. So who are we? Like, how can we know who we are if we don't even know who God is? And so she talked about, like, different um, characteristics. And she talked about um, the, the verse... I'm not making any sense. She talked about the story of the Bible where Jesus looks at the disciples and says, who do you say that I am? And she asks us that. Who do you say that God is in your life? Who, who do you say he is? And to me, I was like, well, God is my father. He's my friend. He's my creator. He's all powerful. He's this and he's that and he's this. But then like, do we believe that? We can say all these things like, I know that God is this. I know that God is loving and caring and forgiving and all powerful and just. And I I know that, that he has a plan for my life. But do we believe that? Do we believe? Like, and do we walk it out? Do we not? Do we walk the walk and not just talk the talk? Because for me, I found myself so many times in my life recently, like knowing Knowing that God has a plan and a purpose, but I don't believe it. Like I don't walk it out because I still try to control it. And if I truly believed that God was sovereign and God's plan was mightier than my own, I would let go and I would let God. And so it was, I just love again, like how all of all the messages tied in, because if we don't know who God is, we don't know who we are. Therefore, we don't know like 
we don't even know how to move forward. We don't know our mission, you know, like, because we're just lost and we're wondering and we're not even on mission. If we're lost, we're not on mission. So we need to know God so we can know who we are, so we can know our mission. One of the things that I wrote down for Sadie's message was we need a reminder of who God is every day. Because every day, it's so easy for me to go into the mirror and depict every tiny little thing that I don't like about myself. Or different things about my personality. Like, oh, I wish I could be different. I wish that my laugh wasn't as loud. I wish that I didn't stutter as much when I speak. I wish I didn't get nervous all the time. I wish I didn't have anxiety. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. And we, I say all these things to myself And God is like, Erica, if you would just see yourself through my eyes, if you would know and believe that I have created you so beautifully and uniquely, you need to believe that I am good and I have made you good. You are made in my image. You need to be reminded of my goodness every day. Every day we need to, we need to, put things in our path to be reminded of who God is so we can be reminded who we are and that's his child. Nobody can take our identity away from us because our identity is in God and nothing nothing or no one can take God away from us. So good. I'm going to skip to Christine Kane. No, 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 no. We'll get to that. I'm going to skip to Jenny Allen's message. I think it's safe to say that the whole Mercedes-Benz Stadium, everybody that was in that stadium was shook when she started speaking. God just spoke through her and she literally, like I said this about Sadie, literally everybody just blew the roof off of the place because you could tell that it wasn't their words, it was God's words and they were allowing him to speak through them and it was beautiful to watch. But Jenny Allen, like holy crap. Oh, sorry. She said that was a bad word. My bad, guys. (laughs) She said crap in her message and she was like, oh, I hope that's not a bad word. It's a bad word in my house. So, sorry, Jenny, I just said it. Um, Now I just lost my whole train of thought. Oh, when she got on stage and she started speaking, it was like everybody sat back in their chair. And I know I forgot to take notes at the beginning because I was so shook at what was what what was being said. So, she comes on stage and she has these, like, bins. And it says, some say sin and some say wait. And she was talking about how, like, wait are the things that we can't really control, like our anxiety, depression, the death of a family member, heartbreak, things that happen in our life that we can't really control, but we carry around throughout each and every day. And then how sin is, sin is, it's basically the things that we can't control because it's the choices that we make because we choose to sin. And she talked about how we carry this around every day. And how that's where the enemy wants us. The enemy wants us to hide behind our fears and and our weight and our sin that we carry. And he doesn't want us to bring it into the light. He wants us to hide in the darkness. Because the minute that we step in the light, he doesn't have power anymore. Because darkness and light cannot exist. Darkness cannot exist where the light is. 
So the minute that we confess our sins, we let it go, we let go of the weight that's been carrying us or has been burdening us and, and just weighing us, weighing us down. When we let it go, Satan loses power because we step into the light. We surrender those things to God. And the enemy doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to hide. He wants us in dark places. And she was like, what if we were the generation that let go and stepped into the light? What if we were the generation that actually left this building and were on mission? That actually did the things that we said we were going to do. What if we were the generation that stepped up and said, Satan, you have no power over me. What if? She goes, she said something like, you know, it's so beautiful and it brings us to tears that we get to worship God in this way and we get to be with all these believers. But what a shame if we walked out of those doors like we hadn't been transformed. We walked outside of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and we went back to our life of living in the darkness, living like the enemy has power over us. So you know what she had us do? It was incredibly uncomfortable, actually. And I loved her message until the point that she told me that we needed to stand up and get with people of the same gender in groups of like two or three and confess the secret sin that we had been holding on to. I loved her message up until that point. And I was like, Jenny, there's no way. Because one, I don't have that. Like, right? Like, my pride in me was like, I don't have a secret sin. I don't struggle with anything right now. I don't know what I'm going to say. And even if I did have something to say, I wouldn't want to because that's uncomfortable. But through even through all of my hesitation and my fighting, we all stood up. And I got into a group, and there, there was four of us girls. And we all just looked at each other so uncomfortably. And then one after another, we all just started saying the sin that we had been hiding, the weight that was just tearing us down and the chains that were just gripping us. And one girl shared hers. And after after we said the secret sin that we've been holding on to, Jenny said all the other people would look at them and say, there is now no condemnation. Because there is no condemnation for those who love Christ because we are forgiven. And the enemy doesn't want us to believe that. That's why he fills us with all these lies in our brains like that we're not forgiven. And this darkness is the place that we're going to stay at for the rest of our lives. And we can't go into the light because we're undeserving of it. Well, guess what? Yeah, we are undeserving of it. But God gives us to it. He gives it to us anyway. We don't deserve the love and forgiveness that God gives us, but he gives it to us anyway because he loves us that much. And that says something about who God is. But back to our little prayer circle or whatever you want to call it. We're standing there and then everybody looks at me. And at this time, we're all in tears, right? Everybody looks at me and without even hesitation, I just said it. The words came out of my mouth. I've been struggling with blank. And to say that to my sisters, to confess that out loud, I can't tell you how beautiful uh, and freeing of a moment that was. Because God knew that, God, God knows that I had been struggling with that. God, God knows the depths of my heart, but to say it out loud, to not only confess it to Him, but to confess it to other people, and then for my sisters to look at me and say, Erica, there's no condemnation. You are forgiven. 
Oh, it was a beautiful moment. And I, I just, I, I remember just being so shook, like, holy crap. Oh, I said it again. Like, holy moly, that just happened again. Like, or <laughs> I get speak. That just happened. That just happened. Like, 60,000 believers or 60,000 people just confessed their sins out loud. Like, it's crazy. And then, and then the song that played like right after Jenny Allen spoke was King of Kings. And then she sang this song, this, uh, Brooke, I think is her name. Brooke sang this song, um, she's from Hillsong. She sang this song that she wrote, I think it's coming out next month, I don't know. I, that's not like an ad, I'm just saying, like, I think it comes out next month. But she sang this song, and it was like, you are my true love. You're, you're my first love, you're my only one. And I was like, oh my gosh. And to have that moment where we step into the light, we confess our sins to God and to each other. And then to sing a song, Jesus, you are my love. You are my true love. You are the only one. God is the only one that has authority over you. We need to walk in the light, my friends. We need to be in complete wonder and awe of who God is. We need to walk in the freedom. We need to live like we are free because we are. Just like Jenny said, what a shame it would be if we left this stadium, if we left this moment and we walked out like nothing happened. We walked right back into that darkness. My friends, it is time that we walk in the light. It is time that we step out of the darkness, that we confess our sins to God, and, and we walk in the freedom. Because God loves us that much that he has already forgiven you. You see, Jesus died on the cross, and, and then he went into a grave. He took on all of our sin and all of our shame and every bad thing that we've ever done or that was going to be done in the future. He took it all and he, he died on the cross. He went into the grave and then three days later, guess what? He rose again, but he didn't take all the sin and the shame out of the grave. He left it in the grave. Our sin, our shame, it's gone. It's dead. It has no victory over us. You know what does have victory? Jesus. We have victory through Jesus Christ. God loves us that much. He wants us in the light, but the enemy wants us in the darkness. And yeah, it is a battle and it's hard. But that's why we have to suit up with the armor that God's given us. And we have to walk with him. It's a choice. We choose to do that. We choose to stay in the darkness or walk in the light. So what are you going to choose? Christine Kane's message, she she was talking about, um, I'm going to get this story wrong, so I did not look over it again before I started this, and I should have, but she talked about these, these leaders, and I think it was in the book of Numbers, let me look, yeah, I think it was in the book of Numbers, she talked about these leaders, and she put these people's names on the board, and they were these outrageous names I had never seen in my life. And um, she was like, raise your hand if you've ever met anyone that has these names. Nobody. Nobody raised their hands. And if they did, I, yeah, nobody did. Nobody did. 
And then she goes, raise your hand if you, if, if you have ever met or know somebody that's name is Caleb. And we were all like, yep, we literally, everybody on my Christian college campus is named Caleb. Um, (laughs) and she was like, why? What makes Caleb so different from those people? What makes him more well-known? What, what makes him different? It's not because he was more talented. It's not because his gifts were better. It's because he had a different spirit in him. He was walking with God. What is different about us? Are we filled with the spirit? Are we living like that? That's better. Are we living like we're filled with the spirit? Are we being like Caleb? Are we being like those leaders? How are you living? Are you living on mission, my friends? You see, it's not about people's talents being better or gifts being better. Because we already talked about that. God has given us those gifts and those talents, so obviously they're good. But what makes us set apart from the world is that we are filled with the Spirit. We have a different spirit in us like Caleb did. So are we going to live like that? Or are we going to continue to live like everybody else? Are we going to continue to live in comparison? And something that she said at the end that really, it really got me. She had everybody on the ends of the row stand up to represent 16% of the people that were in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. She said, 16% of you, statistically speaking, 16% of you will walk out of here and apply what you've learned. 16% of you will go into the nations and reach the unreached and preach the gospel and do what God is calling you to do. 16%. And then she said, how does that make you guys feel who are sitting down? And I was like, honestly, it makes me feel like crap. Sorry, I'm going to say it again. It makes me feel bad. Because just like Jenny said, what a shame. That statistically speaking, 16% of those people, of 60,000 people, are going to walk out there and actually apply. 16%. She goes, what if, Christine Kate, oh, I freaking love her. She goes, what if 100% of us apply what we are learning what if 100% of us lived on mission for Jesus and not just said it what if imagine the revival that would break out into this world going back to to David's David Platt's message he talked about um he talked about being being on I mean everybody talked about being on mission but he touched on going into the nations going to reach the unreached people. And and it's really easy for us to say, like, you know, we're not all called to third world missions. We're not all called to go overseas. We're not all called to do that. Some people are called to the same place. And, you know, this was actually something that I had wrestled with, and I had been talking to my friends um about asking them, what, what do you feel like, like, what do you think? Do you think that we are all called, or do you think that some people are called to the same place their whole entire life if we are all called to follow the Great Commission, and that is to go? 
And ultimately, the, the answer between everybody, and this was the answer that I came to, was yeah, because you, we're called to go and make disciples, and we can make disciples wherever we are. There's unreached people wherever we are. Well, actually, David Platt, he told us what the definition of unreached was, and my opinion on whether or not people are called to stay or go, it completely changed because of what God spoke through him. Because he talked about the definition of unreached. He was like, um, how the definition of unreached people are people that have no access to the gospel. Friends, do you know that there's people around the world that don't have scripture translated to their language? They don't have anyone that can preach to them the gospel. That is unreached. So, yes, it's we've all said at one point, you know, there's there's lost people on my campus, there's unreached people on my campus, there's unreached people in my community, there's unreached people in my church, so I got to start there. Well, actually, no. Because Unreached people means they don't have access to the gospel. And the people on your campus, they do have access to the gospel. And that's through you. But what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Because I've said so many times, oh, well, my mission starts wherever I am. And I'm all for that. I'm all for your mission starting in your home, your mission starting at your school, at, even at church, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your state, in the U.S. Like, I am all for your mission starting exactly where you are. But are you actually on mission? Or are you just using that as an excuse so you don't have to get uncomfortable? I don't believe that we're all called to go live overseas for the rest of our lives and live in jungle huts and in the villages. And uh, we're not all called to be pastors in churches and we're not all called to whatever, stay in one place or go. I don't know. We're, we're all called to go. We're all called to get uncomfortable and go wherever God has called us. And it says, go into the nation. What is the Bible verse? It says, go and make disciples, um, in all the nations or something like that. So yes, we are all called to go. We don't have to go live there for the rest of our lives, but we're called to go there because there are people that have no access to the gospel. They have no access to the scriptures and that breaks my heart. Because yes, there's, there's lots of people on my campus. And, and I always say, well, my mission starts here. But so many times I use that as an excuse so that I don't have to get uncomfortable. I can just stay in my Christian college bubble. And yes, there is lost people. There are unbelievers on Christian college campuses. I'll say that. Not everybody that goes to Christian college is as holier than thou art person. Uh, because that is something that I've heard so much. Oh, you go to Bible college? Oh, like, you're like super holy. And I'm like, what? What does that have anything to do with my holiness or like the fact that I'm a good person? Oh, I'm automatically a good person because I go to Bible college. Uh, no. Anyway, I'm all for our mission starting wherever we are. But are we actually on mission? Are we actually spreading the gospel, not just spreading light and being an example? Are we actually speaking truth into each other's lives? Are we actually telling each other, yeah, we're all sinners. We all deserve hell. But God loves us so much that he's given us a gift and that is eternal life. That's freedom through Jesus Christ. Are we speaking truth into people's lives or are we scared? 
Are we actually on mission? And that's a question that I have to ask myself. Am I living this out? Am I reaching the unreached? Am I on mission for Jesus? Am I living like I'm free? Do I know God? Am I close with God? Do I actually believe that God is who he says he is? That he is sovereign and he is good and he is mighty? Do I live like that? Yeah, I might know it and come to a place where, yes, I believe it. Because I do believe that he is. But do I live like it? Ask yourself, am I on mission? What does that look like? How am I living that out? Am I getting uncomfortable? Because let me tell you. Because you might say, well, how do I know if God's calling me to do something? Does it sound fun? Does it sound nice and comfortable? Because more than likely, it's probably not where God is calling you to go. Because I have found, and this may, may not be for everybody, that when God puts something on our heart to speak to somebody, to go somewhere, to do something, it is so uncomfortable. And it pushes us outside of what we would normally do. Because without God, we are incapable, but with him, we are capable. He gives us that strength. He gives us the power that we need to go, to speak the truth, to be the light. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave is in us. The same power that was in Peter, James, and John is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. Are we going to live like we have the Holy Spirit's power in us? Are we going to continue letting the enemy have power over us, power over us and living in the dark? Friends, it is time that we step into the light. It's time. It's time. I know that's probably like a really weird way to end this episode, but I feel like that's the way that I'm going to end it because I'm challenged right now. My heart's beating really fast because I'm convicted because I know that I have not been living on mission like I should because I get comfortable. It's a challenge. Following God is not easy on this earth. There's going to be so many people that are going to discourage us and say that what we're doing is stupid. We can't listen to them. We have to listen to God. We have to keep our eyes fixed on Him and be lost in the beauty and wonder of who He is. God is who He says He is. He is mighty. He is just. He is your Father. He loves you. He forgives you. He's there. He wants to hold you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that walking in light is better than walking in the darkness? Do you believe that God is who he says he is? Do you believe that his plan is greater for your life than your plan for your life? Do you believe? And what are you doing about it? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know it's kind of long, and I'm sorry, but I just felt like the spirit was moving. Um, again, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen and all your support and love. I love you guys. I'm praying for you. I'm thankful for you guys. May God bless you and keep you. Have a great rest of your day. I'll see ya.